Welcome, welcome, and welcome, everybody. It's Rob Zakari. It's Rob Zakari Show. We are live. We are live on this Friday. What the hell is today's date? Anyways, I don't even know what the hell the date is. Was it the 26th? I think. Isn't it the 26th? Something like that. Maybe. I don't know. But we're live. And that's all that matters. So. Oh, man. Oh, I got to. I got to turn on the. um, I got to turn on the. The what's it called? The Periscope. uh, uh, Feed. How did they. What do you guys. Did you guys like that yesterday? I'm going to. There, I just turned it on. Okay. I, did, I didn't have it turned on, guys. I'm sorry. All right. How was it, how was it yesterday? Was it all right? Was it, was it good? The new angle? I mean, it's better than it was when we first did it in the beginning of the week, and it was like this upshot of my nose. All right. All right. It is better. Okay. All right. So... Last night when I was walking the dog, <laughs> that seems like that's when I do most of the days reflecting. Uh, we'll get into uh, how the doctor uh, visit went later on in the show. But so the Hillary Clinton speech, or I guess if you want to call it a, a, a speech, it was more like an advertisement. For Breitbart. I mean, it really was. If you didn't know what Breitbart.com was, you did after the Hillary Clinton speech. If you never had gone to Breitbart.com, you went not just after the Hillary Clinton speech, but you actually went during the Hillary Clinton speech. Here was the reflection. If you're going to tell someone that something is horrible, or if you tell somebody that something is good, you better make sure that when they go to that website or they go and watch that movie or they meet that person it is exactly what you say like expectations uh, better be above they better they better be above what you say if you make a big deal out of something like, oh my God, I saw this band, I saw this TV show, uh, it, it was phenomenal. The music is stuff I've never heard before. The TV show, I laughed, I cried. It was, you got to go check it out. I'm telling you, you got to go check it out. And that person goes and checks it out, and it's like sniffing a big, stinky, 
nasty dog fart, <sighs> you're going to be in trouble. You're going to be in trouble. All right? You're going to be in trouble. And just reading a, a couple headlines, just reading a couple op-ed pieces doesn't do the trick. I mean, when Hillary Clinton was rattling off, um, how do you say his last name? Yakovich, Milo Yakovich. When you're rattling off op-eds from Milo, You better hope, better hope that every single story on that site is an op-ed by Milo. And that's just not the case. That's just not the case. And especially, especially yesterday, Because when Hillary Clinton is talking about Breitbart and she's talking about this alt-right movement, when people went to that site, one of the first stories they saw was Hillary Clinton's admiration and, 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 and love for ex- Ku Klux Klan member Robert Byrd. So if you're sitting in that audience, and, and let's face it, people on the left, libs, extremists, they're not going to be swayed by anything that's on Breitbart. That wasn't her audience. And if you're on the right, If you're on the right, you already know about Breitbart. And unless you're a cuck, which she didn't say, by the way, I I was hoping those words would come out of her mouth, but they didn't. The word cuck never, (laughs) never made it out of her mouth. I don't know if, if the words cuck have ever gone into her mouth, but nonetheless, cuck was not mentioned. <laughs> and she didn't talk about the lizard. She didn't talk about the, the green lizard guy. She didn't talk about him either. She didn't talk about Baked Alaska. She didn't talk about uh, Ricky Vaughn. <laughs> she, didn't talk, she didn't talk about... She didn't talk about anything fun. She didn't talk about anything fun. But anyways. When you went to that site, the Robert Byrd story was up. Now, we talked about that yesterday. We broke that down yesterday. So here you are in the audience, okay? And if you're, again, you're on the right, you know about Breitbart. If you're a cuck on the right, it doesn't really matter. You know, if you're a Jeb Bush or you're a Ted Cruz or you're a, Dana Perino, 
or you're a Dana LaDoyce, or my favorite, my favorite cuck, Megan McCain. So if you're any of them, you know about Breitbart, you talk crap on Breitbart, but Hillary talking about Breitbart isn't going to do anything for you. You already know about Breitbart. That message was aimed at people that are in the middle. I call them the tweeners. Now, if you're a tweener, I don't know if you were moved by Hillary Clinton's talk about this alt-right website that deals in the fringe and conspiracy theories and Ku Klux Klan forums and so forth and so on. Because if you were a tweener and you're sitting in the audience and you're like, Breitbart, punch it in. And what pops up? Hillary Clinton practically French kissing a former Ku Klux Klan member. Hillary Clinton talking about a former Ku Klux Klan member when he died. When he died. Like I said yesterday, it's one thing to get along with somebody that you don't like, don't agree with, when you have to work in the same office, you're on the same sports team, you're on the same fantasy football league, whatever. But when that person dies, that's it. All bets are off. Ties are severed. So Hillary Clinton didn't have to give that little video eulogy. He was dead. Nobody was going to yell at her. Nobody was going to get mad at her for not eulogizing the dead former Klan member. So if you're a tweener, you go to Breitbart, and you're looking at Hillary Clinton practically French kissing a former Klan member. You're watching a video where she's talking about this former Klan member as her mentor. And then you're reading stories about Robert Byrd. Stories from the Washington Post. Stories from other outlets. You're watching the video of Robert Byrd giving an interview on Fox News where he uses the word white nigger. So now if you're a tweener and you didn't know about Breitbart, you just went to Breitbart and you're looking at something that is not chemtrails and jade helm and a bunch of white supremacist Nazis burning little black babies. You're seeing a legitimate story using news footage from years past. A eulogy from years past and the history of a former Klans member who is a prominent 
senator in the Democrat Party. So I don't know how effective the whole go to Breitbart.com was, except that it changed the news cycle. Changed the news cycle. It got CNN and MSNBC and everyone else to shift from the Clinton Foundation and all these stories that keep coming out to talk about the alt-right, the, the green lizard guy. All, all, the, all the, the, the media needs is a reason to shift focus. That's all. They're all in the tank for Hitler. They're all in the tank. And it's not just Hillary. They're all they're Democrats. I hate when I hear people go, oh, they're, they're in the tank for Hillary. No, they're, they're in the tank for Democrats. It's, it's, it's not just Hillary. Democrats. Everybody in the media is a Democrat. Chris Cuomo, Democrat. Anderson Cooper, Democrat. Don Lemon, Democrat. George Stephanopoulos, Democrat. They're all Democrats. Megyn Kelly, I guarantee you, is a Democrat. Guarantee you. So I don't know how effective that go to Breitbart.com pitch was as far as trying to get tweeners, trying to get people to go to Breitbart and go, oh, my God, look at all this racism. Look at all this. Because it's not there. It's not there. Matter of fact, Matter of fact, not only if you went to the site yesterday, did you see the Robert Byrd story, but you also saw a flashback blogger, like a a, a post, a, a blogger from Huffington Post, okay, back in 08. This guy by the name of Jeffrey Dunn. And it talked about how Hillary Clinton is a racist and that she uses a racist dog whistle and her whole campaign against Barack Hussein Obama Is all about racism. And it gives example after example after example. And like I talked about this whole, oh, there's 70 days into the election. That's not enough time. That's not enough time. Listen, people don't remember what happened seven days ago. Don't, don't tell me 
Don't tell me about not enough time. And here's this article talking about things from 08 that I went, oh, yeah. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. So, again, if you're a tweener, if you're somebody that had no idea what Breitbart was, and you went, oh, let me check them out. You went there, and not only do you see Hillary Clinton making out or almost making out with Robert Byrd, but you also see a headline that says, flashback, Huffington Post blogger blasts Hillary's racism and hypocrisy. So now you're like, oh, what's this? I love the Huffington Post. That's my Bible. I love the Huffington Post. And now you click on it and you're like, 2008. What? She did. Wait, oh, my God. What? And the article says, desperate and willing to do anything to win, the Clintons resorted to a naked form of racism aimed directly at white working class voters in the rural portions of the state of Pennsylvania. Their message, Barack Obama cannot win because he's black. In the early stages of the campaign, it was Clinton's people who kept playing the race card. In New Hampshire, Clinton's co-chair, Billy Shaheen, accused Obama of being a drug dealer. Then there was the paragraph, or then there was the photograph of Barack Obama in Somali garb leaked to the press by the Clinton staff. Remember, that's where the whole birther thing started. That's where the birther movement started. It wasn't Donald Trump. All Donald Trump did was seize on what Hillary Clinton started. But that famous picture of Obama looking like a Muslim, and it was Somali, um, you know, uh, I don't know, uh, ceremonial garb. That was leaked to the press from Hillary Clinton. And then the article goes on, and in the aftermath of the South Carolina primary, former President Bill Clinton compared Obama's victory to those of Jesse Jackson in 1984 and 1988. And his message was clear. Obama was a marginal black candidate. So this is an article that's on Huffington Post that wasn't written by anybody from Breitbart. It was written by a guy named Jeffrey Dunn back in 08. So again, recap. You're in the audience. Hillary Clinton is saying Breitbart News is the worst, horrific, despicable, alt-right, green lizard Chemtrails, Jade Helm, piece of crap in the entire worldwide web universe. Horrible, horrible, horrible. And you go there, 
And you're like, whoa, what's this? Huffington Post article from 08. Hillary Clinton. I Oh, my gosh. I totally forgot she did that. Or I didn't know she did that because I'm only 24 years old. Or I'm only 25 years old. Or I'm 22 years old. I didn't know they did that to Obama. I love Obama. I can't believe they did that. I can't, I, she actually had a, a campaign manager who, 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 who said that Obama was a drug dealer? What? <laughs> what? Wait, what? I, well, I don't, they, they leaked the Somali garb picture? What? Geraldine Ferrara. Wait a minute, what? And this one, I completely forgot. I remember uh, the whole drug dealer thing, and because they played uh, the 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 book that Obama wrote, where he talked about experimenting with drugs. I mean, they 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 used a lot of stuff. They so I remember, I remember that. I remember the Bill Clinton. Yeah, so Jesse Jackson won uh, <laughs> this primary. What's your point, you know? I, I remember that, but I totally forgot about the Geraldine uh, Ferraro controversy. Now, those of you, again, who don't know or don't remember, Geraldine Ferraro was the first um, female vice president uh, nominee she ran with uh, walter mondale they they got they got they got destroyed but um she was also part of hillary clinton's um campaign back in 08 she she was she was like a a, a big part of the campaign and she got jammed up because she made a bunch of statements uh, talking about Obama and saying if Obama was a white man, he would not be in this position. And every time that the campaign is upset about something, they call it racist. And then she said, I will not be discriminated against because I am white. That was Geraldine Ferraro. That was somebody with the Clinton campaign. There she is saying every time uh, Obama and his crew get into a jam, anytime there's a little story about uh, uh, Obama's ties to uh, Tony Rezco or Jeremiah Wright or whatever they scream you're all racist you're doing this because you're racist you're racist racist race so here here the Democrats which we've all been saying love to use the race card almost on a daily basis 
So here a Democrat is accusing another Democrat of using the race card (laughs) all the time. So like I said, if you're a tweener, you're reading this. If you're a tweener, you're reading this going, oh, wow, this, this doesn't seem too chemtraily. This, this doesn't seem too white supremacist. This is kind of just giving me information that I've never seen on CNN. I've never seen on NBC. I've never seen on MSNBC. Never seen this before. This is not David Duke. This is not David Duke. Huh. Interesting. And then they read more of this article. Because it keeps outlining the Clinton's Racist tactics against Obama back in 08. This article and this writer even brings up ads that the Clintons did. And he called it subtle yet consistent racism. The now notorious red phone. 3 a.m. television ad used by Clinton during the Texas primary. Harvard sociologist Orlando Patterson noted in the New York Times it was reminiscent of the D.W. Griffith's racist film Birth of a Nation, which helped revive the Ku Klux Klan. Again, this isn't chemtrails. This isn't Jade Helm. This isn't the Loch Ness Monster. This is an article from 08 that was on the Huffington Post that Breitbart did an article on the fact that Hillary Clinton and the Clinton camp are the racist ones. They are the ones along with all Democrats that are race baiters and use race as a wedge every election cycle. Not Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster. Then it goes on, talks about Ed Randell seems like Ed Randell has been saying pretty horrible things for the last, hmm, <laughs> 10 years. Remember, just recently, Randell talked about ugly women. I know you're like, I, 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 what are you talking about, Rob? Exactly. Nobody uh, reported on it. He did it on MSNBC. That's where he gets paid to 
to shill, but nobody reported on it. It was a comment about people, women being ugly and Trump's uh, comments and just kind of got buried in the news cycle. And here and back, what was it, uh, 08, Randell said white voters in the Keystone State would not vote for Obama because he was black. And then it goes on to talk about Stephanopoulos who worked as Bill Clinton's press secretary and lied through his teeth on Clinton's behalf. And then in quotes, where's the journalistic objectivity here? He brought up Obama's relationship to former 60s radical Bill Ayers. And the rest of the media went bonkers over Obama's all-too-honest remarks about conservative white voters hanging on to God and guns. So again, I don't know how effective, other than the news cycle, I don't know how effective the Hillary Clinton dog whistle on Breitbart was if she was hoping hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people, will go to Breitbart and be outraged because... They would see Milo yankovic stories. And they would see stories about chemtrails and Bigfoot and black holes and mermans and mermaids. Because that's not what they saw. What they saw are legitimate articles, real articles from liberal mouthpieces from many years ago that talk about Hillary Clinton being a racist. Like I said, it's a great article. It's a great article. I, I, I forgot some of this stuff. I forgot the Geraldine Ferrar stuff. I forgot the Ed Randell stuff. I forgot how racial, how racial the Clintons got. I totally forgot about that. But this article is all about it. And this was in the Huffington Post. Not and some fringe right-wing chemtrail site. And let's face it, this article back in 08, this article, if it was written by a alt-right person or a Republican or a conservative and it was on Drudge or it was on 
the Hill or, or, or some other site that leans Republican, people would discredit it. People would say, nah, it's all BS. It's all hogwash. It's all crap. But this article was on Huffington Post. And you can't get more liberal than Huffington Post. So, again, I, I don't know how um, effective it was as far as turning people, making people uh, be outraged. And, and prominently displayed on the right side of Breitbart is the Clinton cash movie. So again, if you're a tweener, if you're a tweener, you had no idea what Breitbart is, and you go to check it out, you're now looking at an advertisement for Clinton Cash. You are now clicking on the Watch Free Now button, and you're watching everything that you've been hearing from the media, at least bits and pieces. You are now watching it. And now you're saying, well, okay, the media is reporting this stuff. The New York Times is reporting this stuff. The Washington Post is reporting this stuff. The AP is reporting this stuff. And this stuff is in this movie on this site that Hillary Clinton says is full of conspiracy theories. And folklore, Bigfoot, Loch Ness Monster, (laughs) the Yiddy. Hmm, okay. Who's lying? What's real? What's not? The New York Times, they're honest. The AP, they're honest. Washington Post, they're honest. And if this Clinton Cash, who Hillary Clinton says the creators are not honest, if they are echoing some of the things the New York Times has printed, the AP has printed, hmm, something's up here. Some, something is not John. I mean, that's what a tweener would say. At least I would hope. I mean, I might be placing too much... Uh, faith in the brain power of some of these people. I might be thinking some of these people will be saying exactly what I said. I I could be wrong. I could be wrong. There might not be a lot of tweeners. There might not be. This whole thing might have only been to get the news cycle change. To give cover to the media so they can get off all the revelations that have been coming out about the Clinton Foundation. 
But I'll tell you, that's a big risk. When you're telling people, Breitbart.com, when you're telling people to go to a website, basically go to a website and check it out for yourself, you're going to have a percentage of people that are going to go. You're going to have a percentage of people who are going to check it out. But unless there's a picture of uh, Yiddy riding the back of Nessie, the Loch Ness Monster, and it says if Hillary Clinton is elected, they will be the new first family pets. (laughs) Unless these people see that, They're not going to be shocked. They're not going to be outraged. Right now, if you go there, you're seeing a picture of Bill Clinton. It says flashback, Clinton's whites-only golf club. You're going to click on that, and you're going to read an article that's legit, real, And that was reported by, again, the Liberals' Bible, which is the New York Times. The New York Times reported years ago that Bill Clinton, all-white golf club, So again, I don't know how effective it was to send millions of people to Breitbart.com to read legitimate articles. I I, I don't know. (laughs) I, I don't know. To read an article about mom of son killed by illegal alien reads Trump's letter at a public service for son at son's memorial murder charges added against DUI suspect with ICE immigration hold again these are real stories these are stories that you don't get on CNN And these aren't made-up stories. These are legitimate, real stories. Vista, California. Murder charges have been added to those facing 29-year-old Estelia Sanchez, the woman accused of killing Jack Ray Penhelzen while driving with more than twice the legal limit of alcohol in her bloodstream and continuing about a mile down the road with the man lodged in the passenger side of the vehicle before she left. Our local uh, radio uh, talk show hosts reported about this. Jeff and Ken, or Ken and Mike, or whatever their names are, 6.40 a.m. They talked about this. This is real. This is a real story. This isn't the Loch Ness Monster. 
CNN doesn't cover this. CNN doesn't talk about this. MSNBC doesn't talk about it. Mika Brzezinski doesn't talk about it. She's too busy doing dirty things with Joe Scarborough. Allegedly. Allegedly. So, again, I don't know. I don't know how effective sending millions of people to Breitbart.com was where these people read stories that are true. And even uh, the Milo stuff, even the Milo stuff, when they say, Listen to this headline. Would you rather be a, uh, a feminist? Would you want your kid to be a feminist or have him with cancer? I, it says something like that. Even that stuff, if you read the article, it's a, I don't want to say tongue-in-cheek, but it's, it's comedy, and I know Milo probably doesn't like to be necessarily uh, characterized as a comedian, but it's, it's, it's witty, edgy, comedic writing. That's what it is. No different than when you go and you see Louis C.K. doing a bit about Hitler, doing a bit about uh, Jews. Goodbye, Jews. Memory does the bit about Schindler's List. No different. No different. Comedy, it's edgy. Makes people go, ooh, mmm. So even when you read a Milo article that says, would you rather have your kid with cancer or be a feminist? You read the piece and you go, oh, okay, ha, 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 witty, funny, edgy. So again, I don't know how effective getting tweeners on board to say Breitbart is a kook site. And watching the media, watching the Dana Bash watching even the, 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 the people on the right. I mean, listening to Megan McCain talk about Breitbart like it's, again, a, a conspiracy theory, Bigfoot-promoting website is insane. And it's insulting. And it makes her and the rest of the people that do that seem really, really partisan and stupid. Because there's nothing made up about a suicide truck bomb that kills 11 police in Turkey. That's real. Media just doesn't report on it. Just don't report on it.
So I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Someone asked me, do you think Trump can win California? No. No. Trump cannot win California. (laughs) Trump cannot win California. He will not win California. Okay? I had somebody tell me yesterday, you're just a Trump shill. Well, listen, first off, I'm not a Democrat. I'm not not a Hillary shill. I, I don't like the Democrats. Trump is our nominee. End of story. Do I agree with everything he has said? Do I agree with everything he has done? No. Are there things I would have done differently? Sure. But it's easy to be an armchair quarterback. It's easy to do that. It's easy to bitch and moan and complain. Easy. But I do feel that if you're a Republican or a Democrat, you get behind your nominee. That's it. End of story. Or you shut up. You shut up. So there's my two cents about the uh, Clinton Breitbart uh, maneuver. Uh, I don't know if it was necessarily a fact. I, I mean, I think it was it was downright stupid. I think it was just downright dumb. I think tweeners are are are, are I I just I don't <laughs> I don't think it worked for tweeners. The only thing it did like I said was get the media covering something different. Giving the media cover. Remember at some point, people in the media, we saw it with Chris Azilla, at some point, somebody that they give a crap about tells them, hey, you need to do A, B, C, and D, even though they don't want to do it, and even though other people have been telling them that, but they listen to that one person. So the media knew they couldn't get off this Clinton Foundation. They they knew they couldn't just shift focus. They knew they couldn't start talking about, you know, a Trump story from 30 years ago. They, They knew they couldn't. They knew they couldn't just out of the blue. They knew they couldn't. They already out of the blue stopped the health questions. I mean, they fired Sanjay Gupta, or uh, not my bad, uh, Dr. Drew. They should fire Sanjay Gupta. They fired Dr. Drew. Remember Dr. Drew came out and said, hey, I don't know, man, Hillary Clinton, her health does worry me. CNN went, whoa, wait a minute. Whoa, time out. A, you're a doctor. B, you're our doctor. C, people know who you are. D, there's a couple hundred thousand people 
that are out in the United States that actually listen to you and value your judgment and your opinion. And E, this is the Hillary Clinton News Network. And, and F, you're fired. And they fired him. They fired him. They fired Dr. Drew. So they killed the whole health questions, gone. So they couldn't just veer away from the foundation talk because that one person that goes, "Ah, come on, guys, that one person to all these people would have said to him, what are you doing? So the speech yesterday gave everyone cover. So in that regard, it worked. In that regard, it worked. But like I said, going to the site and seeing kookiness, that, that, no. You go to the site, they got an article about Uber losing $2.4 billion per year. It's a real article. They didn't pull that out of their asses. It's a real article. And then they had a piece about fact-checking uh, Hillary's uh, 20... They came up with 20 lies that she told during that speech. So, again, a tweener. And if you're a tweener and you've gone to Breitbart yesterday, you're now going there all the time. Like I said, I haven't been a Breitbart uh, watcher, viewer, whatever, I, I, all my life. I I basically just discovered it two years ago. Two years ago, I discovered, and I went, what an amazing site. What an amazing site. Why don't we see this news? Why, why, Why I've never heard of this story. Why have I never heard of that story? Why? why? What? So if you're a tweener and you went there yesterday, you're there today. You're there tomorrow. You're there the next day. You're there the day after. Really is a great site. Really is a great site. So they got the 20 biggest lies. So now... As a tweener, you're reading this, and you're going, oh, okay. Uh, let's see. This is someone who retweets white supremacists online. You're like, oh, yeah, I remember when uh, Hillary said that. And then the, the, Trump is constantly on Twitter. He retweets many people. If he were interested in retweeting white supremacists, he would see many. You would see many, many examples, not one or two inadvertent retweets among thousands. If you want to find extremism on Twitter, visit Hillary Clinton's own Twitter feed. Tweeting and retweeting Black Lives Matter. The day after police officers were murdered in Dallas, she was tweeting about white racism. That is appalling. So, again, you're a tweener, and you're reading this, and you're like, 
Oh, yeah. Yeah. Because, I mean, guys, you want to talk about a hate group. You, you want to talk about... <laughs> you want to talk about uh, stoking uh, racism. Look no further than Black Lives Matter. And I said this two or three weeks ago, and I'll say it again. You notice Black Lives Matter is quiet. You notice you don't hear anything about them. Remember what we've all said. Black Lives Matter is no different than Occupy Wall Street. And at the end of the day, they're all funded by liberal special interests. Rather, it's George Soros, the MoveOn.org crew, or some other extremist, leftist, billionaire, millionaire. We all said this. Black Lives Matter is not organic. It wasn't something out of Rocky. Where social injustice, police brutality runs by their window. And thousands and thousands and thousands of black people chase that brutality or injustice down the street and up the steps to a monument in Philly. It's just not the case. We said it's all manufactured. It's all paid for. It's all bought. The leader of Black Lives Matter, DeFry, DeVray, whatever his name is, Butt buddies with the Twitter boss, uh, what is it, Dorsey? So it was all BS. It was all BS. All of this tension and, and, and all of this angst was manufactured by the left. And you say, Rob, Rob. Where's the evidence? Where's the evidence? Well, you haven't heard from them. You haven't heard from them. Where have they been for a month? Where have they been? Where have they been? That's why you didn't see the coverage in Milwaukee. Remember, Trump is law and order. Run on law and order. When you turn on the television and you see buildings being burned down, you see rocks being thrown at police. When that's not happening, there's law and order. When that's not happening, Trump is just a crazy man. He's just a strong man, crazy man. But Black Lives Matter is a is a racist entity, a dangerous racist entity. And now they're being told to shh, be quiet. The Democrats are telling them, shh, be quiet. Get in the back of the bus. 
get in the back of the bus. Because when you get to the front and you start acting up, you start making voters nervous. If you make voters nervous, they're not going to vote for us, the Democrats. And if they don't vote for us, you guys are going to get Republicans. And not only will you be in the back of the bus, but they'll drag you from behind the bus with ropes and chains. So shut up and get in the back of the bus. And that's what they've done. And that's what the Democrats do. Just read the article from the Huffington Post in 08 where it talks about Hillary Clinton going after Obama. And Obama going after Hillary Clinton and calling her a racist. So what's being played out right now between Trump and Hillary was played out back in 08 between Hillary and Obama. Democrats were doing the race card on each other in 08. So again, I don't know about the effectiveness of going to Breitbart. I think, if anything, it cements the position that Breitbart is not a kook site, and it's the media outside of Breitbart that is corrupt and that is told what to say, what to produce, who to get behind. State-run media, just like I've always said it was. The Democrats are the closest thing to the Nazi party that we have ever had. The Nazis made controlling the media, controlling the message, famous, historic. China, Russia, all the communist countries out there. And the Democrats seized as the billionaires and the Democrat Party rose up. They got that message loud and clear. Got to buy the information highways. Buy the information highways. Got to buy newspapers. Washington Post. Got to buy streaming services, Amazon. Got to buy social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook. Got to buy internet services, Yahoo, Google. Television networks, NBC, CBS, ABC. Got to put our people in charge, in place, 
George Stephanopoulos, Zucker, the guy at NBC that calls Trump deranged. And then we have to put out a message and constantly keep that message that Democrats, the Democrat Party, liberals, liberalism, extremism, is the only way to go. And the only thing that will save this country, the only thing that will make this country great into the citizens every single day. And that's what you got. And when you go to Breitbart, you see a completely different take. See a different take. It's kind of like the movie Them with Roddy Piper. It's like putting on the sunglasses. When you put on the sunglasses, you see the truth. When you go to Breitbart, you see the truth. When you go outside of Breitbart, you see just how corrupt, how disgusting, how vile the media, the Democrats, leftism, extremism really is. Bad news. It's Rob Zakari. We'll be right back after these fascinating, fascinating words. Yeah. Thanks to Legend. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military, they're important. We love our cops, our law enforcement. We love our military, they're important. And when I'm in the jam, when I'm in the jam, I know that I can call up the
All right, we're back, ladies and gentlemen. See, now, those of you who don't go to our Periscope feed or any of our video feeds, you don't hear the little banter that I have with the audience while you guys are listening to uh, Baked Alaska or you're listening to a, a Hillary Clinton bit. But I was telling the Periscope audience, and we'll probably go more in depth uh, Monday, but man, they're starting to drag up all sorts of stuff on Bannon. They're just, they're, they're, everything we talked about in the last segment, the media and, and, and communism and Nazism. Here they are, bringing up stuff about Bannon that obviously has been out there. And Bannon's been in the public eye for years just because he's new to the lips of certain media people. And I don't even think that's the case. I think all the media... I think they all know who who Bannon is because there's people who work for Breitbart who've worked alongside the Tappers and the Blitzers and so forth and so on. But man, now it's, oh, Bannon back in the 90s had a domestic violence incident with his ex-wife. What? Oh, he he's registered to vote at an abandoned rental house he never lived in. I mean, this is stuff that's been out there. I mean, this is this isn't like uncovered, new, discovered information. I mean, come on. So they're going to just, wow, (laughs) they're going to really, they're going to really, they're really, remember that today's Friday, come Monday, you will have had two weeks of Trump on message, on point, not stepping on his junk, when there's News about Hillary Clinton doing dirty, shady stuff, which is all the time. But when that news is bubbling, when that that news is festering, Trump is now learning, or he has learned, not to stop on his own junk. And let everything play out. Now, Hillary and the media switched that news cycle yesterday because Trump wasn't stepping on his junk. So today will be two weeks, or Monday will be two weeks. Two weeks. So the media is pissed. The Democrats are pissed. So now it's like, oh, Steve Bannon. Oh, well, guess what? I mean, this is the story that's on Vox. 
Trump campaign CEO Steve Bannon reportedly abused his ex-wife. Abused his ex-wife. Now, everybody at Vox, Ezra Klein, they all know Bannon. They've all known Bannon. Nobody wanted to talk about this six months ago. Nobody wanted to go, hey, you know, Breitbart.com, that alt-right site, that, that, that scumbag conspiracy theory site. Hey, their boss is an abuser, is a wife abuser. They didn't do that, did they? No, of course not. Of course not. But this information was out there then. The information was out there then. But now they're doing it. Why? Because two weeks. Because Trump has been on point for two weeks. And now people will talk about this. So now this will be something CNN can talk about. This, because the alt-right speech hasn't lasted that long. You know, the, the the fallout from it hasn't lasted that long. And you know, some people have gotten in the ears of the executives at MSNBC, CNN, blah, 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 and said, guys, what the hell did the Clinton campaign do? What? You know, they called up Paul Begala, said, Paul, what the, what the hell did we just see yesterday? They just drove traffic to Breitbart. And then Breitbart had all these stories about Hillary and Bill's past racism. You guys really dropped the ball. You guys are... Ugh. So now what's going to happen? What's going to be in the news cycle? Bannon abused his wife 25 years ago. So now this will be what CNN, MSNBC, ABC, NBC, they're all going to start talking about it. Because the alt-right conversation didn't do what they all hoped it would do. Tonya, mark my words. Mark my words. Mark my words. This is what they're going to talk about now. So now the narrative will shift. Because if Trump's not stepping on his junk, where they could get away from Hillary, I mean, yesterday when the reporters tried to ask her questions, she, she offered him chocolate. Do you, guys want, do you guys want some chocolate? Do you guys want some cookies? Can we ask you some questions? Here. Here's some chocolate. <laughs> here's some chocolate. Here's some, have some chocolate. No, but we want to ask you a question. Can I, okay, wait a minute. Let me have this, this fudge. Okay. Nom, 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 nom. Thank you. Anyways, could I ask you a question? Oh, where'd you go? You left. Oh, you, you took off. <laughs> 
Ah, she took off. She left. (laughs) She's gone. (laughs) So she's not going to do any press conference. Hey, she's not going to have sit-down interviews where Jake Tapper can be forced. That little person chirping in his ear will say, you got to go, you got to, you got to. Or he could really go after her on the Clinton Foundation. So before everybody starts talking about the Clinton Foundation again, you got to talk about Bannon. So they'll have a panel. I'm trying to think, will it, be, will it go down tonight? Here's my prediction. Megan Kelly will talk about it tonight because she despises Breitbart. She despises everyone. There. I mean, she's, she's a closet liberal. Megan Kelly's going to talk about it tonight. Anderson Cooper and Don Lemon will talk about it. They will have a panel about it. And they will tie Bannon's, they will tie the ex-wife and their situation from 20 years ago. They will tie that in to Trump and how Trump treats women. So they will be able to move the narrative, move a news cycle again away from Hillary, and they will conduct panels tonight. Uh, What does this say about Trump and his attitude towards women and his attitude towards women voters, that he would hire a wife abuser. Tonya, you want to bet me? Who wants to bet me? Who wants to bet me? Who wants to bet me? Come on, guys. Megan Kelly, Cooper, And Lemon, bet me. Bet. Bet. So, for the next, I don't know, it'll probably, it'll probably go on until Tuesday. That, that, that's what I say. It'll go on until Tuesday. So, They'll start talking about it tonight. So they'll, they'll, they'll start doing the whole connection. Uh, Trump's hiring women abusers. What does it say about uh, Trump's attitude? Towards women? They're going to do that today. They started today. They'll do it tonight. It will then play out tomorrow. It will be all over the Sunday shows. They'll talk about it on Monday because you got to get a Monday news cycle because Friday's normally the news dump. 
normally you say something on Friday that you want people to forget about because normally people go, eh, whatever, Saturday, Sunday, got to watch this, got to watch that. So then it will be talked about on Monday. And then Tuesday, it will die off. But mark my words, they've already started. They've already started. Politico started it. Starting with Stepanopoulos on TV. And it will just keep on going. It's going to keep on, keep on. And the best part is, talking about 20-year-old claim. Talking about 20 years ago. <laughs> uh Wild. It's going to be wild, man. But mark my words, it's going to go down. All right. So, immigration. Let's talk about immigration. You know, I was listening to Megan McCain last night. I know, I know, I know. Say, Rob, if you don't like her so much, why do you listen to her? I listen to her. Only when I'm driving at night and they're for short bursts. It's the same thing with Levin or Michael Medved. When I'm driving and I have to go into the valley, like today, I have to go to Santa Clarita. Did I say that correctly? Santa Clarita. When I say things wrong, I get listeners and readers that that get all grammar police on me. I had somebody go after me because I said literally. They're like, it's literally. Oh, literally. Yeah, literally. So, Santa Clarita. Is that right? Santa, Santa Clarita. Santa Clarita. But I got to go out there today. So, I'll have Medvid on. And I'll go back and forth between Medvid, who uh, is, is almost, almost as unlistenable as Megan McCain. Almost. I can listen to Medvid more then I can listen to Megan McCain. Megan McCain just... Uh, see, Megan McCain is one of these Republicans. Listen, rather you're for gay marriage or not. And what I mean by that is, whether you think it's right or you think it's wrong, put that aside. Whether you agree with immigration, put that aside. Just put all of these issues aside of their um, 
moral justification or, you know, oh, this will make our country a better. Just put all that aside. Just, just think about issues like these. Work with me for a second. If you're a Democrat or if you are a Republican, you are on a certain side. You're either for gay marriage or you're against gay marriage. You're either for open borders or you're against open borders. You're either for abortion or you're against abortion. Forget about making the world a better place. Forget, forget about all that. Forget about your heart. Just, just go by these issues. These issues are what create a left and a right. Now, if you call yourself a Democrat, but you are against X, Y, Z issues, you are not a Democrat, and vice versa. So when you're sitting there listening to Megan McCain, or you're listening to a Michael Medved, and they are talking about issues that are near and dear to Democrats, and more so with Megan McCain, you go, well, what the hell are you? What, seriously, are you a Republican? Well, what are you? What are you? So when you hear her say illegal immigration, you know, the, you, you can't deport people, and they, they got it. What are you going to do with it? And you got to give. And I think it's wrong, and you should have gay marriage. And then I think it's just a transgender better. And then now you're going to. And you say, well, are you a Republican? Regardless, regardless if you, regardless, if you're like, well, I think they should be able to be married, or I think you should be able to go into a bathroom. There's certain policy issues. I think somebody said, well, doesn't each party create a platform? Yes, 100%. So if the platform says X, Y, Z, You can't sit there and say, I am this. You are talking about is really part of the other side. So it's, it just gets me, it gets me crazy with, with, with her. So I listen to her when I'm driving at night going to Vaughn's or I'm going to Ralph's. I listen to Medvid when I'm going out to San La Carita. I'll listen to Mark Levin on my way back from San La Carita. On my way back. So everybody has their take on the whole immigration. Whether it's a flip-flop or a softening. And here's the thing. Rather, it's 
Medved, rather it's McCain, rather it's Levin. Everybody had their own dog in this fight. Everybody had their own dog in the fight. I mean, this just shows you real quick how delusional, how delusional, and and just just <sighs> Megan McCain is. So I watched her last night on, uh, not the five, but one of those other Fox shows. I was sitting there cooking, and she was saying how Trump is a con man. He's, uh, you know, he's he's this, he's that, blah 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 blah. And the person goes, so you're going to vote for Hillary? Oh, no, I can't vote for Hillary. I, I can't vote. So what are you going to do? She goes, I'll probably just write in Lindsey Graham's name. And she laughed. Ah, and they went to a break. Take up Lindsey Graham. That's, she's going to Lindsey Graham. <laughs> are you kidding me? Lindsey Graham. Lindsey Graham. Listen. You could talk about Trump all you want. You, you could say he's he's mentally unstable. Yeah, okay. But you're definitely, definitely unhinged and mentally unstable when you're a 60-something-year-old closeted gay man who lives with your sister, never, never had any kids, and belongs to a party where a lot of its members despise you as a gay man. Not you personally, but just gay people in general. And you are part of this party. You are, and yeah, now it's getting a little softer, but 10 years ago, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. And you don't have the heart, you don't have the courage to say, you know what? I am a proud gay man. I am a proud gay man, and I am a Republican. So, please, (laughs) Lindsey Graham. Hello. Anyways, I got off topic there. Um, they all had their own dog in this fight, okay? They all had their own dog in this fight. And four years ago, they all had a dog in the fight. And four years before that, they all had a dog in the fight. And one of those topics that were very hot from eight years ago, 12 years ago to now has been immigration. It's been immigration. And you have a certain section of the Republican base that want a very hard line stance on immigration. If you're here illegally... You get thrown out. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. You're gone. 
And ultimately, it's that base that defines the primary process. So during the primaries, you see candidates walk that line. You see candidates walk that line. And pending on what state they're from, if they're a senator or they're a congressman, they have to walk that line as it pertains to immigration reform. Now, if they're in a state where nobody really gives a crap, then they could do whatever they want. They could do whatever they want. But if they're in a state where it's a touchy situation or they're trying to get the nomination, then they got to walk that line. They got to walk that line. It happened with Romney, happened with McCain. So ultimately, everybody had a dog in the fight. And depending on where they stood on immigration, that base basically had them live or die. Remember, Marco Rubio got torched for the Gang of Eight amnesty bill. Remember that. Got torched for it. Now, I don't think he got torched because he was part of it. I think he got torched because he wasn't man enough to say, listen, everybody. Yes. Yes. I was for it. Something has to be done. This is the best we can do with what we're dealing with as far as Obama, the Democrats, because having something is better than nothing. Instead, he, well, I, 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 I wasn't part of it. It was almost like the John Kerry. I was against the war before I was for the war, and I voted against it. You're just like, what? What? And then he just got torched for it. Got torched for it. And there's Trump going, nope, we're going to build a wall. We're going to deport everybody. What about the illegals that are already here? F them. They got to go. And in turn, here we are, general election, and Trump's language is a little softer. Now, before people were talking about this flip-flop, I told you what I read about as far as Trump having the little summit, Latino leaders, at his tower. And they said, oh, Trump's going full-on amnesty. 
And a bunch of people reported and said, no, 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 Daily Beast, BuzzFeed. That's not what was discussed. That, that Trump listened to people, asked what they would do. And one of the main concepts was all bad people gone. Sanctuary cities gone. No more only violent criminals gone. If you're a drunk driver, you get arrested, hit and run, gone. Petty theft, gone. You're gone. If you're here illegally, you're already here illegally. You're already breaking the law. Have a little respect and be thankful that nobody is rounding you up and putting you in jail. Just abide by the laws. That's it. If you do that, you won't get rounded up and deported. You'll be left alone. But don't play the, well, I could break this law. I could break that law. As long as I don't, you know, rape and, and murder someone, I'm all right. I could still rob, I could still drink and drive, I could still do simple assault, I could still do, you know, petty theft. No. So one of the ideas that a lot of the Latino leaders were suggesting was all sanctuary cities gone, all bad people gone. And the people that are left create some type of program where they have to go to a consulate. They basically have to register. There has to be a period of time where they register and then a process can be done where they come back, where they're allowed to come back. They're allowed to then be here. But they can't vote. Can't vote. They're not citizens. And they never will have that right to vote. So these proposals were thrown out there by Latino leaders, or at least people that were part of different communities. Because I, I don't know if there's one central Latino leader. Now maybe Anna Navarro. <laughs> I don't know. Jorge Ramos. Maybe I. I don't know. But so, this news comes out, and instantly, instantly, all the people that had a different dog in the fight are livid. They are livid. They are livid. 
And like we said yesterday, because all these people think that this was the one issue. The one issue that had Trump win the primary. That the 14 or 15 million people that voted for Trump only voted for him because of immigration. And that wasn't the case. I laid out the list yesterday. I laid out the list yesterday. It wasn't just one thing. It was a combination of all things. And it was a combination of personality. It was a combination of likability. It was the package. And I laugh my ass off when I hear people like Megan McCain or Essie Cup and they talk about this cult of personality. Mark Levin, this cult, this cult of personality. These sickle fans. People are just voting for Trump because of name recognition and, and, and being a celebrity. And I'm sitting there thinking, well, you're not going to become president if people don't like you. And it goes back to the old question. Who would you rather have a beer with? Who would you rather have a beer with? Who would you rather hang out with? I don't want to go through this whole likability Al Gore too wooden too robotic Bill Clinton saxophone playing sunglasses I mean, we've, we've done this. We've, we've done this countless times. We've done this countless times. But you're not going to get elected president. You're not going to get, you're not going to get elected anything. You're not going to win president. If people don't like you. This weird notion from the disgruntled right whose dog lost in this race that somehow people vote based on issues people vote solely because where a candidate stands that's just ridiculous it's absolutely ridiculous absolutely ridiculous It's all about personality. It's all about voters connecting with someone. That's all it is about. That's all it's ever been about. And long after Trump, long after this election cycle, it will still be about that. When you hear people like Meghan McCain and Mark Levin 
And they talk about this crazy election cycle and this cult of personality and ah, da, da, da. they're delusional. They're in another world. And Mark Levin's supposed to be a, a like a, a scholar, a genius. But it's always about personality. Listen, when you have eight candidates on stage, take Trump out of the mix. Take Trump out of the mix. When you have 15 people on stage, every single one of them has the exact same position. Every single one of them. And when you go to the Democrats, the same thing. Go back in 08. When you had Biden on the stage and Obama and Hillary Clinton, everybody has the same position. Everybody has the same position. Are you for, you know, uh, uh, raising taxes? Yes. Are you for? Sure. I didn't vote for the war. You voted for the war. Okay, great. But at the end of the day, everybody has the same position. Marco Rubio and Jeb Bush have the exact same position on immigration. Aside from Rubio going, I, I do, I don't, I do, I gang of eight, no. They have the exact same position. Exact same position. And now, the disgruntled right is saying Trump has the exact same position as Bush and Rubio. Okay. And they are beside themselves that the base, that the Republican voters are fine with it. They are beside themselves. They are beside themselves. They are so, it's like they're jilted high schoolers. They're jilted high schoolers. They're sitting there going, well, why don't people like me? What's wrong with me? I'm a good person. I'm likable. I could say outrageous things. Why is it when you do that, people like you? But when I do the same thing, they don't like me. This isn't fair. That's basically what you're hearing Today, when Jeb Bush is out there doing interviews, talking about Trump and uh, talking about how he's basically disgusted with Trump's softer stance, and he's a high schooler. He's a disgruntled high schooler. He's the high schooler who went out and bought the same clothes like the popular kids. He's the disgruntled, geeky, loser high schooler who went, okay, how do I, how do I become cool? I'm going to do, do everything that the cool kids are doing. Okay, I'm going to wear those parachute pants. I'm going to wear that Kooji sweater. I'm going to smoke that cigarette. I'm going to get that earring. I'm going to say these words, and they go and do it, and they're still a loser, geek, jack-off, who just happens to be wearing 
the clothing, and sounding like the cool kids, but they're still the loser geek jack-offs. That's what the disgruntled right is doing right now. They're so, look at, look at Trump, look what he did, and all these people still love him. His base, how did he do, how did he do it? I mean, I watched Megan McCain go, Trump's position now is exactly what my father's position was. <laughs> and people gave him all sorts of crap. Because people didn't like your dad, stupid. Oh, it's, it just shows you the cult of personality. Well, look at Obama. You moron. Look what Obama got away with. Look at Bill Clinton got. Why did, how did Bill Clinton get away with getting head in the Oval Office? How, how did Bill Clinton get away with doing what he... How does he get away with sticking cigars in women's vaginas? How does he get away with it? How does he, how does he get away... How does he get away with being a serial cheater? How does he get away from doing and acting like the left says Trump is and Trump does and Trump is a misogynist scumbag. Bill Clinton, listen, Bill Clinton does exactly, Bill Clinton and Donald Trump are really two peas in a pod if you want to be technical. Except, Bill Clinton and Hillary Clinton stayed married. But I mean, forget, forget the Juanita Brodericks. Forget those, okay? Because liberals, oh, that's that's discredit. Okay, fine. Just go with the proven ones, the Jennifer Flowers, the Paula Joneses, the Kathleen Willies. Monica Lewinsky. Like, just go with those. Go with those. And yet, the Democrats love Bill Clinton. So why is it? Why? Cult of personality. People like him. They don't care what he did with cigars. They don't care. Didn't care. Ronald Reagan. Ronald Reagan. For all of his ups and downs. Why to this day. Are there millions. And millions of Republicans. That worship. Ronald Reagan. And no matter. Iran Contra. Any of it, forget. Doesn't matter. Doesn't matter. They like Ronald Reagan. I mean, I'm 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 a putz over here. I am. I'm a I'm a I'm not some some hipster uh, liberal douche that went to 
Georgetown got a degree in women's studies or journalism. I've been working in Washington for 10 years. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a putz over here. And I, I know more about these <laughs> issues. Or, or the Levins and the Megan McCains, they know, but they're just so upset that their dog lost. And people like Trump more than their dog. And after all these years, there's actually people that have been so hardlined with immigration, like like ultra hardlined. And Coulter. What's the other? Uh, Laura Ingram. So hardlined. That they're going, well, you know, it is what it is. It is what it is. They're like, what? What? How can you guys, you guys tortured my daddy. You guys, oh my God. Oh my, you guys tortured Marco Rubio. You it. And what's your point? We didn't like them. Huh? How could you not like them? Well, because politics and electing a president, electing whoever, is not just about issues. You got to like the person. You got to have a connection to that person. I mean, how is this a revelation? How is this something that is new? Me, I, as it pertains to immigration, you know, <laughs> my feeling is immigration and where we are today is different than it was 30 or 40 years ago. Okay? And I've had this conversation before on the show. My grandmother, I mean, she's dead now, but my grandmother's from Italy. My brother-in-law, or my former, my former brother-in-law, because him and my sister aren't married anymore. He's from Italy. And I have a few other family members that uh, are still alive that are from Italy and some that are dead. Now, you would never, ever known they are from Italy. When they came to America, they assimilated. They came to America because they didn't want to live in Italy anymore. They wanted to come to the greatest country 
in the world. They didn't want to bring Italy to the United States. So when they came here, they learned English. And not broken English, but English to where you couldn't hear an accent. You couldn't hear any remnants that they were from another country because when they came to the United States, that was a no-no. When they came to the United States, it was not uncommon for somebody to say to you, speak English, learn English. That wasn't being a xenophobe. That wasn't being a racist. If you came here from another country, you learned our language and you assimilated. So I grew up with that concept. I grew up with my brother-in-law and my grandmother and my aunt and one of my uncles learning English and knowing English better than I spoke. I mean, guys, common sense. If you leave the country that you're from and you want to live in the United States, you're doing it because you don't like your country anymore. Rather, that country is under assault because of war, famine, as the United States. So in turn, you assimilate as fast as you can. So that's how I was brought up. Here we are in 2016, and that's just not the case. There's no push to assimilate. Nobody cares about assimilation. Obama doesn't care. The Democrats don't care. And that's the part of immigration. That annoys people the most. Again, my grandmother, my brother-in-law, my aunts, my uncles, when they came here, Following the law was just something that you didn't mess with. And if you were here illegally, forget about it. You felt lucky and privileged that nobody was busting your stones and trying to deport you. So you really towed that line because you knew that if you broke the law 
you would be deported. That was fact. That was fact. And here we are in 2016, and it doesn't matter anymore. It doesn't matter if you commit a crime. Like I said earlier, as long as you don't rape someone or murder them, and even then, even then you have people that aren't being deported. It was never like that before. See, that's the thing with Democrats. That's the thing with liberals. Just the very definition of liberal blames a lot of the problems that we have because we're always moving the goalpost. We're always moving that goalpost. Democrats are always moving it just a little bit further, a little bit further, a little bit further. And before you know it, something that everybody was fine with, everybody dealt with, becomes an issue because liberals have to push it to a point where people go, ah, that's a little too far. It's just a little too far. Whether it's debt, whether it's welfare, I mean, the list goes on and on. But there's always that line that everybody together goes, okay, this is the the bottom, or this is the max. And then a year, two, three, sometimes it takes four. A liberal comes along and goes, you know what? We should move that line. And then they move it. And then a few people go, mm, I didn't really like that. I didn't, really, I didn't really like that, but okay. Then it gets moved again, moved again, and more people go, I don't like that. More people go, I don't like that. Till eventually, you get to a point where a whole bunch of stuff that at one time everybody was fine with now becomes something that divides everyone. That doesn't just happen overnight. It happened overnight. But that's what liberals do. And that's what happened with immigration. It is what it is. Because any law that was on the books that was followed 20 years ago or 25 years ago, it's not followed now. Any norms or, or, or any unwritten Rules, any of those things are not followed now. So the era 
of my grandmother or my brother-in-law. And I'm not talking about them coming when they were little babies. I mean, my brother-in-law came here when he was 14. Age of 14. He learned English at the age of 14. If you listen to him now, not one, one shred of an accent. He told you, yeah, I was born in New York. You go, oh, cool. But you get a kid here from 14, 15, from Mexico, Italy. Germany. Can he hit it here? To the day he dies, he could be 70 years old and he won't learn English properly. Don't have to. Don't have to. Don't have to. So, <laughs> you know, as far as I'm concerned, immigration and the issue of immigration was never something uh, that I jumped up and down about. It wasn't something that I jumped up and down about. I think we need to enforce the laws that are on the books. We need to reverse some practices. You have to have E-Verify. And it has to be something that everybody follows. But that's not something that is a deal breaker for me. No different than abortion. You know, I've always said it's a shame that we don't have a political process that is, and this is the only time, the only time that I will compare us to other countries and do so in an envious way. The only time. But it's a shame that we don't have a political system that involves three, four, five, six candidates. It's a shame. It's a shame that we have party A and party B. And don't tell me about the Libertarian Party. Don't t- Because in order for this type of system to work, the system has to accept this process all the way around. And that means the media. But the media is controlled by Democrats, ultimately... The Democrats know that if another party, even a 
third option was a legitimate option that got legitimate press and the system accepted that option, the Democrats would be doomed. The Democrats would be doomed. They would be doomed. But it's a shame that we're not like other countries in that regard. And that's the only time I'll I'll be envious. So this whole immigration thing and the outrage and the conversion of the Coulters and so forth and so on has nothing to do with policy. It has to do with the person. Now, you might not like the person, so in turn, you're not going to like the policy. But Trump's rise, Trump's candidacy, is all about Trump. And it has nothing whatsoever to do about policy. And if anything, once again, once again, if anything, what Trump has done in this election cycle, win, lose, or draw, has softened up the entire base as it pertains to immigration. And once again, we will look back on this entire 2016 campaign and we will chalk up history because the media was flushed out. Seriously, the media was flushed out. I mean, now you got people in the media just flat out going, listen, I, I can't be objective. I, I, I just, I can't. I just, I can't. I, I just, I, I can't pretend. Yes, I, I'm a Democrat. I hate Donald Trump. I, I despise him. I, I, I mean, when have you ever seen that? When have you ever seen writers? When, when have you ever seen people that for X amount of years have walked that line of, oh, I'm one of the best journalists because I know how to be objective and I... And you've got just guys like, <laughs> you know, that Charles Blow. You got guys, Jorge Ramos. You got guys that have always tried to kind of walk that line of, yeah, I'm a liberal, but you know what? I am objective and i professional. And you got these guys like, I just, I, I'm just, I, I F him and F everything about him and the reply. All right. <laughs> so he's flushed them out as it pertains to 
immigration, people that were hardcore, are going, all right, okay, maybe, okay, all right, and Coulter saying, maybe some illegals can be useful. I mean, this type of thing is, is... I mean, it's huge. It's huge. But it has nothing whatsoever to do about policy. It has everything to do with the person. Everything to do with the person. Don't forget that. Okay? Don't forget that. Now, in closing, I don't think Trump should have pivoted in that way. I think he should have focused, and he still is focused, but I think he should be more focused on the black vote. Because ultimately, it was a lose-lose situation as it pertains to the immigration because he softens up and he gets the disgruntled right who are so upset that their own dogs lost that this infuriates them even more because now the softening is a position like their own dogs had, and in their minds, it's the only reason that their dogs lost. So they're not going to all of a sudden go, you know what, I like Trump now. Mark Levin's not going to all of a sudden start talking positive about Trump. Megan McCain's not going to start talking positive about Donald Trump. Charlie Sykes is not going to start talking positive about Donald Trump. Michael Medved is not going to start talking positive about Donald Trump. None of them are. They're just going to call him a flip-flopper. They're going to call him delusional. They're going to call his surrogates crazy. And when it comes to the left, they're never, ever going to say anything positive about them. What do you think, the left? What do you, what do you think, Chris Matthews? What do you think, Rachel Maddow, Cooper, Jorge Ramos? What do you think, they're now going to go, you know what, Donald Trump is saw. The heir of his ways. Yes. Yet Don, Don, thank you. Thank you for 
coming around. Thank you. You are a good man now. You're a good man. You think they're going to do that? No. Of course not. So it's basically a lose-lose. Basically a lose-lose. Now, here's, here's the only outcome that could possibly come from this maneuver. Those four or five million, talked about them before, these four or five million people that he needs to vote for him, scattered through Ohio, Florida, Pennsylvania, Michigan, these scattered, white, middle-class voters. Some are college-educated, some are women. For them to see this shift and say, all right, you know what? He's not a racist. He's not a bigot. He's not a xenophobe. He doesn't want to throw my gardener out of the country. He doesn't want to throw my nanny out of the country. He doesn't want to throw the busboy that I work with out of the country. He doesn't want to throw the warehouse worker that I spend my, you know, late night shifts with out of the country. You know, I could vote for him now because I, I, I'm not fond of Hillary. That's the only technical move that could come out of this. Because the disgruntled right, it don't matter. Megan McCain's still going to call him a, a, a con man on her show for three hours a night, Monday through Friday, for the next 70 days. Same thing with the Charlie Sykes's. Same thing. With the Dana LaDeutsches, they're, they're all going to blast him. And they're still going to blast him. And the liberals will never get on board. It's those tweeners. It's the tweeners. We circle back to the people we talked about in the beginning of the show. It's those people. The people who went to Breitbart and went, ah, this stuff isn't crazy. It's those people. It's those people. And if he can get those people 
Trump could get those people in Ohio and those people in Pennsylvania, those people in Florida, those people in Michigan, South Carolina, Nevada. If he can get those people to say, all right, he's not going to throw Pepe out of the hotel valet car service. All right, I'm going to vote for him. And that's the move. And that's my take on the Trump immigration softening, if you want to call it that. If you want to call it that. But ultimately, for me, and millions and millions and millions and millions and millions other voters and Trump supporters, we don't care. We don't care. It never had anything to do with policy. We like Trump. I didn't like Marco Rubio. Couldn't stand Ted Cruz. Despised Jeb Bush. And John Kasich, animal. And Chris Christie was an animal. End of story. And McCain and Levin and everybody in the disgruntled right are just going to have to get over the fact that voters vote not on issue first, but if they like the person first. Issues Come second. So Rob Zakari Show. Guys, we are done for the day. Yes, we are done for the day. I know, we just had two long segments. Sometimes people like that, sometimes people don't. I don't know. I don't know. What do I know? Uh, But I know that we'll be back here Monday. It's Friday. Uh, Everything, those of you who've been asking me, everything is good. With the unborn child yesterday, the baby looks good. Well, I mean, it's not like we got the ultrasound thing where you could actually see the fingers and toes like that. That one. We got the other one where you see the heartbeat going. And in about two weeks, we have to go for the big one where they measure the baby and the womb. And you could actually see. It's like a 3D image. It's like the whole thing to make sure the kid has all of its arms and legs and so far everything's perfect but the big moment of truth will be in about two weeks but everything's good the child I still haven't told anybody the name yet because Catherine's not telling anybody the name yet because remember I said she doesn't want anybody to steal it I don't want anybody to steal the name steal the name but Maybe we'll reveal the name next week. But everything's good. So we will see you guys Monday. 
I think we're going to do another feed, so we won't just have the Periscope. I think we're going to have, I'm not sure what video feed it is, but we might have another video feed. So then you could watch us like on three video feeds and listen to us on three radio feeds. It's crazy. Anyways, go to the robzacarryshow.com. Go there right now. Click on uh, the links. Click on the stories. We even have a, a shopping cart. We sell stuff now. We sell stuff. I'm not real sure what's up there for sale, but we sell stuff. So go there. <laughs> go there. Uh, the Rob Scary Show. Uh, we go follow us on Facebook. What the hell is our Facebook? It's Rob Scary Show on Facebook. Too bad you can't. Like, can you do Periscope on Facebook? Or can you only do it? Um, or can, can you only do the whole Facebook live? Like, what's the gimmick? I don't know, whatever. But go to Facebook. Uh, our Facebook is uh, facebook.com, Rob Zakari Show. Go there. So go Facebook, follow us on Facebook, uh, follow us on Twitter. Go there, click on like. You like our page. I don't know where the hell that thing is. I just always hear people go, um, like, like us. We have X amount of likes. I don't know where that is, though. Where do you do the like? I see friends. We have, like, you know, I, I don't approve a lot of people. I probably should approve more because then that makes you look more popular. I, I just don't. I just, I just don't. I just don't. I don't like to, don't like to. I just don't like to uh, prove everybody because then I get weird people, like just crazy people. And I don't want, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Just go. I guess I'll prove you. <laughs> Click like somewhere, wherever that is. I'm just, I still don't know how to use I feel like my 78-year-old dad. It's like I still don't know how to use the most basic of uh, – of, uh, most basic of, of technology. But anyways, Rob's Gary Show, go there. We'll see you guys Monday. Don't forget, uh, go follow us, find us, all that good stuff. See you guys later. Goodbye. Click off. Hey now.